Welcome to Lockbox, a podcast providing real estate professionals with action items for success. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm going to be your host. I'm the founder of two real estate marketing and tech companies, Steezy.Digital and RealNurture.io. In this podcast, you'll learn from top 1% real estate and mortgage brokers the exact secrets to their success. Welcome to Lockbox. Welcome to Lockbox. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm here with Gustavo Munoz. Gustavo, thanks for being with us. Hey, thanks a bunch, Jeffrey. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't you tell our listeners who you are and where you're from? Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, Gustavo Munoz, I'm originally from Mexico. Uh, you know, I went to work in the U.S., you know, early 2000s uh, as a software engineer and then, you know, lived in the corporate world, high tech corporate world uh, for about 10 years before jumping, you know, headfirst into real estate. I kind of found my calling. It was more aligned, you know, with my skill set and my purpose. Uh, my wife got licensed in 2008. I got licensed while I was still working full time in 2010, and we got to you know learn and cut our teeth in that market, right? And folks don't remember, uh, it hasn't been a seller's market forever. It seems like it's that way right now, but it hasn't always been that way. And you know, I started as an agent, a newbie agent in a really really tough buyer's market. Uh, right after the crash. So got the experience that, thought it was interesting. And I just, you know, I, I liked it. And I was much better at that working nights and weekends with my wife. I was, you know, more excited and, you know, looking forward to that than I was in my day job, right? So at some point, I, I was kind of a late comer to, to entrepreneurship and, you know, working for myself. At the ripe age of 32, I left the corporate world and uh, went uh, full-time as a real, first as a real estate agent, running my wife's real estate team. And then in 2015, I discovered the ISA role, inside sales agent, and I started a company around that role. Uh, And now, fast forward to almost six years since I started that second company, I've got over 100 full-time employees, and we're working for hundreds of different clients across the US and Canada, basically helping them with their outbound prospecting, generate leads and generate folks into their database, and also converting online leads you know, generating appointments, live transfers, and nurturing those leads. So, you know, doing that whole process for folks across the board. Yeah, that's awesome. And with the ISA formats, you know, it's a, it's a think, more common term as a broad understanding from the real estate community. As you mentioned, you discovered it in 2015, formed a company around it. But I think that the concept of outsourcing different tasks in general in real estate, like as a standard is a newer concept. And then especially outsourcing lead conversion. I I feel like in the last couple of years, it's really taken off. So you got in at a great time. So, you know, why don't you give us some best practices? I mean, if I drive some Facebook leads where a lot of agents are like, ah, you know, social media leads, they're so bad or whatever. (laughs) If I drive some Facebook leads to Power ISA on behalf of the agent, you know, how is that going to help convert that lead into an actual appointment or a phone call? Yeah, absolutely. Great question, right? So, you know, I, I agree with you, by the way, on that time frame. I think after the crash, 2008, 2010 time frame, I think I saw the first wave of people uh, hiring virtually, like doing virtual hires, you know, if, uh, primarily on the administrative side, 
like tasks and, you know, data input, data entry, um, you know, a lot of the stuff that the agents hand off. I saw a lot of folks go virtual because they were being really cautious. They, they had gone through the meltdown of the century, right? And people were like, you know, right. we're building, they were really cautious to hire people. They were really cautious to build this up. I believe one thing they discovered was, holy cow, there's a lot of talent, you know, even outside the U.S. or even virtually inside the U.S., right? They saw more options that a lot of people had not been open to before, but not, not been open to before. So I think like 2013, 2014 timeframe, I feel that the virtual assistant for real estate kind of came to being, really took off with a lot of folks, especially from the Philippines. A lot of folks, you know, are working virtually administratively first. Doing This is the era of the short sales and the REOs and the BPOs, and it was data input up the wazoo everywhere, right? So I think it really lent itself to that. And if you know about that, you know, kind of an OT in real estate, right? it's not that long ago, but it seems like it was like forever ago that we were in any kind of like a buyer's market, um, you know? So I think that was the first step, that administrative assistant, which I think is the, your first hire. That's the first person you bring in, whether it's virtual, whether it's in-house, you've got to have that administrative side taken care of so you can focus more on the lead generation and the lead conversion aspect of the business, which is going to drive the business. That is the business you know, in real estate. It's lead generation and lead conversion. I think that adding leverage to lead generation and lead conversion comes next, but you got to drive yourself. You've got to build up your business to where you can generate one to do transactions every month. And this is the hardest part for most agents. That's where they get stuck. I, I think a lot of them never figure that out. It's a challenge for them, right? To kind of get off the roller coaster of, I've got one or two closings, and then I've got zero closings, and I've got one or two or three or four, and then I've got zero for the next two months. And I think adding leverage is one of the ways that you can get off that roller coaster on the admin side, but it's not going to go away unless you get into the habit of consistent lead generation and lead conversion, consistent lead generation and lead conversion. And everyone's got to figure that out. What's the answer to that for you as a top performer? How are you going to become a top performer for lead generation? And it might be you're the open house person, right? You kill it at open houses. It might be you're the database master, right? As long as you add people to your database, you're, you find a way to connect with them and they want to you know, buy or sell with you. Or it might be a prospector. You're a hardcore prospector. You know, that's, that's rarer. People will jump into prospecting from the get-go. Because um, that's a great way to build a business. In my opinion, that's one of the best ways to build a business, prospecting. And of course, of course, of course, online lead generation, right? And all the, the different facets of that. That is a great way to do lead generation. And regardless of how you do lead generation, the conversion part comes next, right? You got to generate the lead. And then there's, and that's the game. You got to play the game to get them to get, to get their attention, to get them to meet with you and then convert them into a signed client. And that's where I think the ISA can fit in. But I don't think the ISA is the first step in that equation. And it's, it's not. And actually, you know, the type of clients that we work with right now, especially the ones that hire like a dedicated ISA, a full-time dedicated ISA, they have to have some maturity in their business, right? They've got to have that track record and they've got to have that, those commissions coming in pretty regularly to justify the investment. I think it's super, super key, super important. Um, so the ISA, you don't start with ISA. ISA comes in when you've got part of that path figured out and they complement an existing lead generation and lead conversion strategy. That's where I think you can win with ISA when they come in and they assist you with that. They're helping you follow up with those inbound leads. They're helping you nurture those inbound leads. And you know, you know this, Jeffrey, I know this, these online leads, you know, yeah, there's some of them that are going to convert ASAP, which is in the next 90 days. You've got to be prepared for 12 months of follow-up. You've got to be ready for that. You've got to have the mindset that that's what the kind of work it's going to take. If you have that mindset, 
you're going to win with online leads. You're going to win. If you don't have that mind, that's where you get the, the feedback of, yeah, the leads suck. Yeah, they're no social media is the worst ever. I think folks approach social media. I love your take on this, but I feel the reason people are get so frustrated with leads from Facebook, particularly Facebook, is that they approach them with the expectations of they're going to convert like their sphere converts. They're going to convert or maybe like a Zillow.com lead converts or like a Realtor.com lead converts. They go into it with that expectation and yeah, they're going to get disappointed with that. I don't know if you would agree with that or not, but that's usually the, where the frustration begins with the agents is that they've got the wrong expectation from these you know, Facebook or social media leads. Yeah, it's a good point. They're not going to convert like referrals. It's a completely different situation. There's yeah. not the trust between you and them yet. So of course, they're going to be apprehensive as well. They're just beginning their journey. So they're farther out in a lot of cases, and they need to do a little bit more of a discovery and a, a research process prior to really choosing you as their agent. But when it comes down to lead cost and the statistics, like 72% of people work with the first realtor they meet. And when you're going on listing appointments nowadays, very common for agents to hear, we already got an offer from Open Door and we already got an offer from Zillow. Why is that? Because they're fishing upstream. Yeah. So you need to be fishing upstream if you want to compete in that arena. But the whole point is if you're searching for something on Google and you look, hey, you know, I want uh, CrossFit socks, whatever it is, like whatever thing you're searching, do you think that you're going to want the customer experience where you go through, you fill out a form for more information and two days later you get a phone call? Or are you going to want to ask more information about a specific brand type, niche, whatever it is, and you know you fill out a form and say, hey, I want more information, and they instantly text you back, and they, you can get on the phone with them right away. Which customer experience do you think is a better customer experience? It's the same thing with real estate leads. Online leads want instant information. And so if you're investing in online lead generation, then the second step to that is you either have to have an ISA in your office that you are you have on salary and all they do are respond to incoming and make outbound calls and texts, or you partner with a company like Power ISA. And through my agency, actually, the same thing is we do the lead generation part. I didn't have 100 people on staff waiting to make phone calls for me or for my clients. So I've partnered with businesses like Gustavo's to come in on that conversion piece because it's critical. It really is. And now we don't even sell a lead generation package without the conversion piece taken care of in one way or the other. So it's it really is critical. And yeah. you know, I'm sure that you could shed much more light on the types of conversations that are happening right now, what's working, how quickly the, the types of metrics, like call three times within the first five minutes and all that stuff. Do you have any really cool or important metrics to share, like any insights? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's a, a key part of it. You know, the one that I, that I did important, everyone knows is important is speed to lead. That is critical. That is key. The consumer expects it and they expect it because they're on this device, right? They're on the phone. They're probably browsing homes right here. That's where most consumers are doing this now. Some like three quarters of them, 80% of them are going to be browsing homes on their phone. Um, and they're going to be browsing social media on their phone. They're going to be doing, mostly experiencing the internet on this, on this device. They're mostly doing that or some kind of handheld device, right? So that's why they want that instant response. That's that's why they want it. Um, you know, whether that's a text message and it's followed up with a phone call or even better, a text message that actually requests them, yeah, you, should we follow up on, on the phone? Can you add more value to you by, by getting you on the phone? That, that works as well. There's a lot of consumers, more and more, and we've definitely seen a big shift in the last, I'd say, six months 
where we are converting more appointments and live transfers that originate via text message, which kind of blew my mind before, right? Because we had measured this a long time, this, well, not a long time ago, 2019, and 20% of our appointments came when they were initiated from, from text message, 20%. Wasn't that not a huge number? I mean, it's a significant number, but 80% were just from phone calls just phone calls, phone interaction. Well, that's changed. That's not the same. You know, the, the market isn't static. As the younger generations become a little bit less young and they become first-time home buyers and repeat home buyers, you know, I'm a little bit of an older millennial, you know, I, even I prefer texting now, right? I prefer instant messaging because usually I'm the, this thing never rings for me anymore. You know, I've got my notifications turned off. I prefer people to follow up with me on SMS, on WhatsApp, Messenger, Facebook Messenger, all these different messaging apps because I can respond to them on my time, not there. I get it. And, you know, I have empathy for the consumer. So we've had to adapt to that same thing right now. You know, even though if people start texting us first, um, we start that conversation, we get it going and they want to vet us. They want to know who, who are you and why are you, why are you, why are you texting me? Why are you calling me? Right. So somebody, they're almost offended. Why'd you, why'd you call me? I think, why, why would you do that? Uh, you know, and you got to lay it out. What, why you're calling, what is for, what's in it for them. Right. What is that value add? What is that lead magnet? What is that thing that they want? And oh, okay, well, all, then let's do a call. Then they're open to have a phone conversation with you. And phone conversation, two-way phone conversation is still the top way to get an appointment or life transfer for us. It's still the top way. But how you get there has really changed. It used to be just pound the phone 18 times and they'll pick up at some point and then we can want to convert them. Now we're seeing the texting is helping us a lot, a lot. And that to, to where they initiate your text, we're going to get that appointment in the life transfer more than if we just called more than if we just call it. I think is amazing. Um, but, you know, kind of going back to your question, what we see, and this is, I think is an important statistic. If we try someone calling and texting, combining both a 12 to 14 touches in a 30 day period, on average, we're going to get in contact with about 50% of all the leads we get 50%. And that's a national average. In some areas, it's more, it's less. Um, some will do more on phone, some will do more in text, but that's the kind of effort it takes 12 to 14 touches in a 30-day period, you're going to do about half of those in the first week. It, ta it tapers off and you're not going to do, it's not equal, right? It's not equal. The first minute is important. The first hour is important. The first day is critical. And then, yeah, it does, we get less intense as times go, time goes by, but that's the kind of work it takes. And I think if folks approach it with that uh, mindset and that plan, uh, they can be successful. If they don't approach it with that plan, they're going to call once, twice, and they're kind of, kind of going to give up. Yeah. They're going to complain that people don't, that they don't work. The leads are no good. The leads are not responsive, right? So whenever I hear someone, especially for Facebook, they're saying the leads are not responsive. The leads suck. Okay, what do you mean by the leads suck? They're not responsive. They're not getting back to me. I always ask them. I check. What's your follow-up plan look like, right? And typically, not, not always, typically, it's nowhere near call the 14 touches in, in 30 days. Even if it's only texting. Let's say you only do a couple calls and you're following up with text messages. It's usually nowhere near that. So, okay, okay. Take care of that. Take care of that first. That's going to give you a chance to interact with half of them within 30 days, half of them. Okay. Okay. Now you're getting in touch with them. Now they're being responsive. Are you still struggling? If you're still struggling there, then there's something wrong with your offer, something wrong with your message or with, with your value proposition. Because if you're getting in touch with these folks and you're still not able to close at least 10% of them, some kind of phone call, follow-up, a live transfer or an appointment, like 10%, uh, then there's something going on there, right? And we kind of go down the value chain. Okay, can you, are you even trying enough times to contact them? Okay, you're contacting them. What are you saying? What's your offer? What's your pitch? Okay, that might be the next point of failure but to keep going to get the result that people want. That's important. Right. And when you're talking about 10%, 
Is that from the 100 or from the 50? It's from the 100. It's from the 100. Yeah. And that's a really important distinction. All of our conversion metrics that we use are based on the 100. I'm based on the 100. Yep. That's usually what, what the client sees, right? Yep. You know, we can always get cute with, hey, well, the 50% that we talk to, we convert 20%. Converted 20% of the 50. Yeah, yeah. Like it's amazing. So, yeah. And clients, you know, it's always talk about global, we call it global numbers. The global conversion rate is the only one that matters, right? So, it's about, you know, and we know that on average, 10%, maybe up to 15, between 10 to 15% is average for like a Facebook campaign, for a Facebook campaign. Of those, about half of them are going to be live transfers, like half of that, right? Let's just grab a round number. 10% are going to convert. About half of those are going to be live transfers. The other half are going to be phone appointments or you know booked appointments on their calendar for a later date. Half of those can be live transfers. Half of those can be live transfers, about half and half. I think that's a, that's a typical, like an average kind of campaign that we can do. There are ways to accelerate that though. There are ways to bump it up. There are ways to get 30% conversion, 40% conversion, global numbers, global conversion numbers. I mean, you got to be willing to try different things. And this might be, you know, I'm getting more into your wheelhouse here, Jeffrey, but I'm talking about uh, long form leads, leads that jump through a few more hoops, you know, leads that are a little bit more qualified. They go through some kind of questionnaire. A chat bot, you know, a chat AI tries to qualify them initially. So if you give me a lead that has gone through an AI questionnaire or a landing page questionnaire, well, then things change. Now I'm not going to be just talk to one out of two of them, five out of 10. I'm probably going to talk to eight out of 10 of them, right? And I'm not going to convert one out of 10. I'm not going to just convert one out of 10. I'm going to convert three out of 10, right? That's where you want to be with those higher quality leads, more qualified leads, more responsive leads. So if folks do that on the back end, that is one way to really accelerate uh, the results you're going to get. That's a a great way to do it. I think it's a really really glad you brought that up. Yeah, it's a key thing, you know, and that's a a lot of the marketing agencies are doing that. I think if, you know, it's harder to do. (laughs) I'll just be honest with folks. It's not easy, right? The moment you start talking about landing pages and websites and pixels, it's like- Yeah, I'll tell you what, it's a full-time job. So if you're (laughs) a real estate professional out there, why would you not outsource that? Right. That's really where our agency comes in, right? Is the the chatbot, the AI. And then just like you mentioned, to your point, we then send it to an ISA as well. So it's a total hands-off experience and it's getting the highest conversion rates because they've already qualified themselves based on AI and based on questionnaires. And then they go through the ISA layer and then they get scheduled to your calendar or live transfer to you as the real estate professional. It's, I think, yeah. the best way to do it. And we've seen some really great results from it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we track this really closely, right? In, in our paper lead service, we manage hundreds of campaigns at any given time, uh, different Facebook campaigns for different, and by campaign, I mean individual clients, right? Whether it's through a marketing agency or directly with the realtor, we handle hundreds of these and we always measure the top 10. Every month we release the top 10. It's like a, you know, like, like a thing we do. Look at what the top 10 are looking like, uh, what type of campaign is it. We can't show the ads because we don't have permission for that. But we tell them, hey, this is the kind of ad that's, that's having great success here, right? 10 out of 10 are marketing agency ads. 10, and and I've, we've been running that report for the last, I think, two and a half years. It's always been the marketing agencies. I don't think that's a coincidence, right? When you get the pros in there, yeah, they can get the higher conversion rates. Yeah, they're going to do it because that's what they do. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, right. they're professional and they're going to, you know, jump ahead and deliver that kind of value on a consistent basis. Uh, 10 out of 10 has always been the professional marketers. Very interesting. And I, I don't doubt it for a second. One thing I, I want to ask you, because as an ISA company, one of the inherent aspects of it is that you see thousands of leads come through on a daily basis. So... 
Do you track lead source? And you know, if so, what are some of the highest converting lead sources today? And, and I'd love to hear for buyer and for seller separately. Love it. Love it. Okay. That's a great question. That's an awesome question. And that's part of what kind of what we do on a monthly basis. We track this and release this information to our customers, but you're asking a little bit of a different question, right? Like lead sources. Usually uh, we, we release like the top Facebook, you know, uh, kind of ads convert the most. That's an even better question. The kind of lead that has converted the most for us, like historically and an average has always been the Zillow.com, Realtor.com kind of lead. And those leads we can convert to appointment 40% of the time, almost 50% of the time, the Zillow.com and Realtor.com kind of lead. They're still the highest converting kinds of leads. The challenge with those lead sources though, Jeffrey, and I'm sure you know, you've heard of, it's they're adequately priced to that quality, right? right. They are, you're going to pay through the nose for those. And my market is Seattle, home market is Seattle. If I can even get, they're all the zip codes and the, the, they're all sold out, all of them for Zillow, absolutely right. every single one. But if I could get in there, and I've been in those zip codes and get maybe 10 leads a month, Maybe, maybe that, right? Maybe one or two life transfers, 10 leads a month. It's $200 to $300 a pop for those leads. leads. Absolutely, right? Absolutely. Yeah, they're going to be good. Some are going to be great. Some are going to be terrible. I mean, that if you get a slice of that, of that zip code, yeah, you have a chance. You get a shot, but mostly they're not even available. And you've got the realtor.coms of the world that are just realizing how high quality these leads can be. And they're not even saying it's two or 300 bucks. They're saying it's 35%, right? They're saying, hey, partner, let's, you do all the work, here's the lead, and, and you know, I'm going to get paid on the back end, just like everybody else, right? So, so right. they're realizing the value of these sources. And I think it's a, for me, it was a shot across the bow for realtors. It's like, this is where the industry is going, guys. This is, so I envision, I don't know your thoughts on this, Jeffrey. I see five years from now, every single person that's doing, that has a portal, that has beachfront property on the internet for internet lead generation, has moved to that model some kind of uh, back end where, hey, I'm going to give you great leads and you're going to pay me 50% referral fee partner. You, so they're going to be your boss. So the person that can charge you 35 to 50% of a deal on the back end without opening a door is the owner of the team. So people need to understand that. That's where the industry wants us to go. The agents that are not going to fall into that system, I'm not even going to call it a trap. I think it's just where the evolution of the market is. The folks are not going to be in that situation are the ones that have developed their direct relationship with the clients that go directly to these platforms. Right now, it's Google and Facebook. In a year or two, it'll be something else. It'll be YouTube. It'll be Clubhouse, whatever it is, right? So as long as you're developing a way to go direct to the consumer, you're going to have a chance. You're going to have a business. You're going to be the boss. Otherwise, your boss is going to be Zillow. Your boss is going to be Realtor.com or Facebook itself or Amazon or whoever it is. Whoever owns the relationship owns the business, right? So I think the agents that are going to win are the ones that realize that and that are not relying 100% of their livelihood on these portals. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, the direct-to-consumer model has become so much more common in the e-commerce space. And when you put it like that, it makes total sense. I mean, when you're buying leads from Zillow and Realtor.com, it's like your, I don't know, I want to say distributor, but you're like on the shelf at a supermarket and the consumers come into the supermarket and they're like picking you out, but they still have to always come back to that supermarket, right? It, direct to consumer cuts out the supermarket and you can instead sell directly to the consumer, typically at a lower price and then for the same or higher margin for the company. Now, when it comes to real estate lead generation, that analogy didn't quite equate, but to bring it back home, you mentioned two to $300 for a Zillow lead. On average, we generate a, a buyer or a seller lead 98.5% less 
than a Zillow lead. So think about that. So instead, you're generating buyer leads for five bucks or you're generating seller leads for 10 or 15 bucks. Now you have margin in it to pay per lead for an ISA service to follow up and convert those. And the metrics just are stupid. Like when you pay 10 bucks for a lead and it converts and you're calculating ROI, it's almost at the percentages where it's like infinite ROI. You're like, this is ridiculous. So like I spent, you know, $10, got a lead, you know, maybe another five, $10 for the ISA to follow up. And then all of a sudden, boom, I have a listing agreement for a multi-million dollar house or even a, a couple hundred thousand dollar house. Like the ROI from that is crazy. So it works if it's done right. And what I would say is partner with the right people, right? You got to partner with the right people when you're considering doing things like this, because, you know, Gustavo and I, we do these different areas every single day. And so we're going to get it done right. Yeah, absolutely. And I would even go one step ahead of there, Jeff. I'm going to go one step ahead because I always tell folks, you know, you got to try it on your own. You know, if if they're not convinced that outsourcing is the right solution, I go 100%, you know, get into the ads manager, you know, do that phone call follow-up, see what it's like, try it on your own, see what you can do unassisted, right? Have a benchmark, have something like go into like KV Core and do the auto posting tool on Facebook. I mean, all these things work, right? They work. Um, you know, and I was, you have to have something to compare against because I think, like you said, if you have it dialed in and it's working, man, you know, it's going to be like night and day, right? Compared to when you're doing it unassisted without really knowing what you're doing, kind of just stumbling across one thing to the next. Um, you know, you can do it and it can work. But, you know, a very humble opinion, <laughs> when you have the pros helping you out, yeah, you're just going to get to that point faster, more efficiently. Right. That's it. Save time. So, yeah. is there a question that I should have asked you or anything that you'd like to elaborate on? Uh, let's see what else. Um, one thing I'd love to touch on are, I guess, maybe pitfalls of, you know, of ISA and kind of those, those kind of tools. I don't yeah, know. Go for it. I thought, yeah. So I think there are some pitfalls when hiring an ISA or bringing an ISA onto your team and people should kind of understand that. I think the number one thing that I see people struggle with is they feel they need an ISA, but they're not exactly sure what they want them to do because they, they just hear this term. Hey, ISA, Hey, this guy's using an ISA. He's got an ISA. He's sending two appointments a day. Holy cow. I want two appointments a day. Hence, I need an ISA. And I go, yeah, that, you know, I understand the logic behind that, but it's usually, it's never that simple, right? So folks need to understand that the result you want is a combination of the lead source you're going to have, right? The lead source, the ISA, who's the conversion part of it, and the goal you want to reach, right? So all three of those things have to make sense. I'll give you an example. I had someone, you know, come to me, I've done coaching and teaching for a long time. And they said, Gus, you know, I wanted two appointments a day and this person is doing two appointments a week. Talk to them, fix my ISA. There's something wrong with my ISA. And I talked to the ISA and, and they were working on uh, what we call circle prospecting, geo farming. I mean, they were calling, essentially calling the phone book for this company, for this team. And I'm like, so you're calling, you're doing cold calling all day? Yeah, cold calling all day. And they were generating two, and this was a few years ago. It's not in this market. They were generating two listing appointments a week for them. And I go, holy cow. And so I, I go talk to the team owner. You got this backwards, right? You're having this person do the hardest, lowest converting activity there is, which is outbound prospecting. And they are getting you two listing appointments pretty consistently, one to two every single week. Like, keep That's awesome. Just, right? Do the math on that and just add it up and go, you know, what's going on there? And they were confused there because the, the metric they were referencing, which I know really, really well, two to three to four appointments a day for an ISA, that is solely based on buyer leads from Zillow and Realtor.com. That's where that, those metrics come from. That's where those are from. So when people throw those out there, I always want to do a sanity check what they're referring to. And they want the end result, but they haven't walked it back 
how to get there. So now when we onboard a new client or we have like a dedicated ISA campaign, that onboarding and walking them through that process is required, right? They, we won't launch a campaign without doing that. You got to get them from lead source to ISA to the appointment to the end result that they want. And if it, because we've known, we've done this a long time for a long time and we know how important that is 100%. So I'd say the number one thing people need to focus on when thinking about bringing on ISA or hire, either virtually or in house or whatever, they've got to make sure that that little path makes sense. The lead source that they have and a great ISA in the middle and the amount of appointments they can get is going to meet their goal. Makes total sense. And that's a great clarifying detail. So when you're getting into metrics, make sure that you're not comparing apples to oranges, right? hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Well, how can listeners contact you? Yeah. You know, the best way to reach out to me is my website, powerisa.com. Uh, that's a great way just to kind of find out what we're doing, uh, get the content. Also on Facebook, I'm really active on Facebook, as you can imagine. Um, so if you look for, for powerisa.com or me, Gustavo Munoz on Facebook, I'll pop up. I also have a free Facebook group. Folks can join if they want to continue the conversation, just general real estate marketing and we convert that too. Awesome. Gustavo Munoz, everyone. Thank you so much for being on today. I really appreciate it. And uh, I know that our listeners found some incredible value in the power of an ISA. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thanks so much, Jeffrey. You got it. Thank you for listening. If you want to accomplish your real estate goals, then I highly suggest downloading my free ultimate real estate goal setting framework. The link is in the description of the show and it will help you break down your annual income goal into the amount of phone calls, appointments, or open houses you need in order to achieve that goal. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.